You are now listening to the Flurry Podcast, hosted by Marquise Rawls. Once again, I have to give another apology off-rip before I really get into this. Oscar Valdez, I apologize. I said in a previous episode that I had Miguel Burchett winning. Uh, I predicted that the fight will be somewhat of a 50-50 fight in the first six or seven rounds. But as the fight went on, um, Burchett's size and power would just overwhelm Valdez. And I was absolutely wrong once again. And this weekend was a great weekend for boxing, but not a great weekend for my predictions. So my first prediction was wrong. Miguel Burchett, he is tough as I've ever seen a boxer in my life. But he just got outclassed in every single category. Valdez outjabbed him, outmoved him. He seemed stronger. He was landing the bigger punches. Miguel Pachel, he he landed some some pretty good punches here and there, but it didn't seem like it had like any snap or thudding power to it. And that could be because uh he got hurt in round four and his legs it gave out on him. And I was shocked that he did not go down. In round four. Yes, they counted a knockdown because the ropes held him up, but he didn't physically go down on the canvas. That should let you know how great of shape he's in. That even though he was hurt and his legs were weak and given out, he still had the strength to stand on his feet. Impressive. Impressive, if I do say so myself. But the entire fight was very, very one-sided. I think Miguel Bachelet did win a couple rounds, but it doesn't even matter because Oscar Valdez, like even the rounds that Bachelet won, it wasn't even clear rounds. It was rounds he won because Valdez, he might have punched himself out a little bit and just took those two rounds off. But then he came right back using his movement, using his jabs and landing big thudding power shots. And he got Bachelet out of here. And that last knockdown that sealed the fate of Bachelt. that last knockdown I thought Bachelt died I thought he like literally died if you was watching it live or like DVR'd it um watching the YouTube clip that showed that top rank put up not showtime that top rank put up on a YouTube channel you won't really see the the full encapsulating video of Bachelt on the floor and the doctors and the reps around him and his team around him. But if you watched it on TV and you saw it, there was a solid 10 seconds, a solid 10 seconds when Bachelt was laying on his back, his eyes was closed. He wasn't responding, saying anything. And I swear he wasn't breathing. I'm looking at his chest and his stomach. I'm, I'm waiting to see some some slow or small movement. So I can have some comfort knowing that he he's breathing, going to be okay. But I didn't see any of that for 10 seconds. So I thought he was dead. I really thought he was definitely unconscious for a minute or two. But even being unconscious, your body naturally inhales and exhales. You know, it's just a natural function of the human body. But he came to, he recovered. Well, hopefully he recovers perfectly fine. I believe they said 
they did a, a CT scan and it, it came out all good. Uh, I just saw it on Twitter. Don't take my my word for factuals on that one. But he's fine. And Oscar Valdez got the knockout of the year. And I know it's only February and we still have 10 more months in 2021 to see some more amazing fights. But right now, that's the knockout of the year. And that's performance of the year. Because like I said, I had Burchell winning. I thought Burchell would be too big and too strong for Valdez to to effectively outbox him for all 12 rounds. I thought Burchell had a strong enough chin where he could just muster through whatever Valdez threw and eventually just start laying it on him. I thought that Burchell was just the better fighter. But I was wrong. Valdez is next level. He, like I said, he outclassed Pachel in every single category. And that man, Valdez, he got some big things coming. Knockout of the year, performance of the year when everyone had you losing. The odds were against you. You put in that work. You worked with Team Canelo and Eddie um, Reynoso. And they brought you to another level. Now, this level that you're at, hopefully he can stay at this level, at this high level. Because everything you did in the ring against Pachel, if you plan to stay at 130 and fight Shakur Stevenson, you're still going to need more. And as sad as it sounds, as negative as it sounds, as downplaying his performance as it sounds, I'm not downplaying what he just did against Pachel. That was, like I said, performance of the year. That was a, a classic performance if I've ever seen one. If I've ever seen one. And I know a lot of people, a lot of boxing analysts, they was bigging this fight up to be one of the, the great classic fights between two Mexican warriors. Uh, they was giving a bunch of um, examples of classic fights that this one would be compared to. Um, it didn't live up to that expectations, even though those expectations was, it was a little too high. It was a little too high because Bichelle and Valdez, they have two different styles of fighting. Bichelle is the puncher boxer and Valdez is the boxer puncher. Most of the great Mexican fights, they were two puncher boxers or two boxer punchers they were two of the same style of fight where there's nothing left to do but clash and collide and it's going to be mayhem on both parts this fight i sort of knew it wasn't going to be like that because like i said they have two different styles i did not expect for it to be so one-sided as it was so shout out to valdez let me just read some of the stats of the fight i usually I haven't read stats of a fight in so long, and I felt like I should read some of the stats of this fight. So, I'm just going to read the total punches, right? Total punches landed for Miguel Pachel. 99 total punches out of 447 for 22%. Uh, Total punches for Valdez is 149 punches out of 534 for 27%. It's pretty wide margin. Uh, Valdez landed 50 more punches. And one more thing, you have to give Valdez credit for his defense. 
he was blocking some of those good punches. Uh, his, his main form of defense was his footwork and his movement. He had great, he had impressive, impressive lateral movement. Uh, he had times where he was turning around Burchelt and he just showed that he was on another level and there's nothing that Burchelt could have done. There's nothing Burchelt could have done. So moving forward, if Oscar Valdez does want to fight Shakur Stevenson, and this was the type, the type of performance where he needs to get Shakur Stevenson. And that fight will be a 50-50 fight. A 50-50 fight. Before the fight, I would have said, Shakur Stevenson, no problem. I don't bet against Shakur Stevenson. But after that performance, 50-50 chance of beating Shakur Stevenson. Now, I did previously say that he's going to need more to win. Yes, he's going to need a little bit more to win. But from what I just saw, he has a 50% chance of beating Shakur Stevenson. And that fight is going to be fantastic as I don't know what. Now, the second prediction that I was wrong on was... The David Avenician versus Josh Kelly. They had a bloody war on the zone. So yeah, the David Avenician versus Josh Kelly fight going in. I had Josh Kelly. I just thought he was the better uh the better boxer. I sort of knew that Avenician was a tad bit stronger, but I also knew that Josh Kelly, he he got some strength himself. I just, you know, just my eyeball test of seeing both of them fight in their previous fights. I just thought that Josh Kelly was uh, the better fighter and he would win a fight. And once again, I was wrong. So, David Avenician, for saying that you will lose this fight, I apologize. Second apology. And this one, like I said, it was a bloody war. David Avenician, he came ready to throw it all in the ring, leave everything there, throw everything in the kitchen, plus the kitchen sink. And he did get hurt uh, early on. I believe in round three or four, he got hurt. And I thought that Kelly was going to get him out of there. But David Avenesian, tough. He withstood the storm. He was blocking and dodging. Then he started countering. Then he started coming forward. And that round six was, it was almost a perfect round. I may be overhyping it. Right. I may be exaggerating it. OK, but watch that round six and tell me not David Avenesian. He looked like a perfect fighter because he was blocking. He was countering and he was landing punches whenever he wanted to. He was landing punches to the head and to the body whenever he wanted to. He exposed every single opening that he saw and he capitalized on it and he was landing punches to the head. Once Kelly started blocking to the head, he started throwing to the body. Once Kelly started blocking the body, he went back to the head and he kept going back and forth. And Kelly didn't know what to do. He didn't know how to stop it. And he eventually crumbled from it. It was almost perfect for David Avenesian. And that comes with experience. It comes with right training, the proper mindset. And it was just beautiful boxing to watch. So moving forward for Avenesian... And hopefully Josh Kelly, we will see him again because even though he lost, uh, he still did put on a good performance. Uh, we should still see him, um, you know, soon. Same thing with Miguel Pachel. Even though he lost, we should still see him again. Uh, just because they lost, it doesn't mean that that they're terrible fighters or they're bad fighters. You know, they just fought someone that was better than them right now. So maybe they come back and they both get better 
and uh, you know continue to do big and great things in the sport of boxing. But moving forward for Avenisian, I think he deserves a good shot at one of the welterweight belts. I would talk about which belt I would like to see him fight for because it's, it's really only three. It's Terrence Crawford. He has one of the alphabets. Uh, your Dennis Ugas and Earl Spence. Uh, I would prefer to see him versus an Earl Spence just because I think Earl Spence will fight him similar to the way he fought Danny Garcia and that's going to be an explosive war. Uh, your Dennis Ugas he more so has his his slick uh, technical Cuban style that I think he might be able to it's rather Ugas he's going to he's going to cruise to an easy unanimous win against Avenisian or Avenisian is just going to walk through everything and just bull rush him and get him out of there one or the other and then Terrence Crawford Terrence Crawford he's just going to be Terrence Crawford and knock him out <laughs> like it's, it's just Terrence Crawford. Um, but the most realistic one that will happen is him versus Terrence Crawford. I don't know what it is with PBC. They don't want their fighters fighting anyone outside of PBC. But top rank, top rank is almost like that as well. But I think top rank, they might be a little more fair game. So I think the easier fight to make would be him versus Terrence Crawford, even though that's the most dangerous one. I think he should go for it. I think he should go for it. I think he should go for it. Uh, and the last fight that happened that came on was Adrian Broner versus uh, Santiago. If you have seen uh, Adrian Broner's previous fights in the past, like five years or so, he's exactly the same. But his performance was an instant classic, legendary performance he had. An instant classic, like I said. This is the type, type of performance where years later we will look back on this. And we will say, you know, I I appreciate Bruno for doing that. And I'm not talking about his performance in the ring. I'm talking about that post-fight interview. Oh, my goodness. That was the highlight of the weekend. The Oscar Valdez knockout and his performance, incredible. Avenisian versus Josh Kelly, incredible. But the highlight was Adrian Bruno's post-fight interview. For all you people who said that Bruno's not smart. That he's an idiot. He's out here doing dumb things. He just showed you his philosophical level of expertise and brilliance in his post-fight interview. He had so many quotables that Aristotle himself will be jealous at. Hmm? Oh, you think I'm lying? I peep. Pop bottles, cash checks, half sex. Bam. Classic. Classic. Jesus Christ never said anything. As great as that. Hmm. Pop bottles, cash checks, and have sex. Jesus never said that. Write this on a tombstone. Hmm. He said, I'm going to change my drawers. That's the only new boxer I'm going to get because mine are sweaty right now. Fire. Stop playing with him. Stop playing with him. He said, 98% of my followers on Twitter hate me. So fuck Twitter and fuck Steve Farhood. Round of applause for Brona in that performance. Round of round of applause. Insert the round of applause right here, right now. Because that performance was incredible. I watched it three times already. I might watch it a fourth right after I finish this. Let me go look up some more quotables from one of our great, modern, 
intellectuals and Adrian, the problem, Broner, he said he came into the fight with $13 and changed it to 13 million. Brilliance. Brilliance. Genius. He said he's 14 and 0. And anybody with an O is going to fight like a bum for a sandwich. So long story short, if you haven't seen it, you can go on YouTube. Uh, Showtime Sports, they posted it on their YouTube page. It is an instant classic. And you will know why after the first watch. Moving forward for Adrian Broner, it has to be Broner versus Steve Farhood in a in an exhibition six-round fight. That's the biggest fight of 2021 that can be made. Steve Farhood, I hope you are ready. I really do. And who I got my money on? Steve Farhood, of course. Steve Farhood, of course. He has the experience, hmm? the knowledge, hmm? the boxing IQ. And tell me not, he can judge his own fight. That's a win-win for him. It's the easy win for him. So that's the next big fight of 2021. Adrian the Problem Broner versus Steve Farhood on Showtime. Set it up and let me be the commentator for it. So that's all for this episode. Peace, King. You were just listening to the Floyd Podcast hosted by Marquise Rawls. Come back for the next episode or go back and listen to the previous ones if you haven't done so.